Hello and welcome to Baby Banter, a podcast all about play and development. I'm your host, Nicole Pates, a paediatric physio from Australia and a mum of two little ones. I'm here to support you to give your little one the best start in life. Over the last 13 years in my work as a kids physio, I have noticed that the kids of today have more difficulty with their motor skills, have less active play and they're less physically fit spending more time on screens and less time outdoors. Now I'm a parent and I'm also a realist and screens are part of life. So with my kids, I aim for green time equals screen time or even green time more than screen time. But I said I aim, I'm not perfect, but we aim to get outdoors as much as we can. But it isn't just my observations that has me concerned. The 2022 Active Healthy Kids Australia Report gave card gave our Aussie kids, based on research, an overall grade of a D minus. A D minus. And this hasn't changed since 2014. It rocked me to my core. I'm a physio, a kids physio, and at this moment in time, I'm the chair of the Australian Physio Association Paediatric Committee. How on earth can I contribute to change that will positively impact this? How can we change our kids' current health so that it will better their future for tomorrow? One way is to help parents and caregivers just like you get outside with babies and toddlers, to set early life habits and foundations that your little one will reap the benefits of well until their adulthood. Why outside? Why is outside so good? Why are we aiming for green time? Because outside is where the magic of unstructured play happens and it's where risky play happens love risky play risky play is thrilling and exciting forms of play that challenges your little one's physical emotional social or cognitive skills and involves uncertainty in the outcome and potentially a risk of physical injury i always add here that for babies and toddlers which is what we're talking about on this podcast they're more than capable of risky play However, you need to provide age and skill appropriate supervision. The younger your little one, the more they need you to assess the risk and hazards and help them problem solve. No idea what I'm talking about? Well, as part of this Baby Banter podcast, this is my Reframing Risky Play mini series. So if it's your first time joining me to chat about risky play, head back to early episodes where I talk about the benefits, your role in supporting a little one, and the types of risky play and what it looks like in babies and toddlers. Today on Baby Banter, I'm going to be answering your questions on risky play. Before we get started, I wanted to introduce you to my online subscription, the Toddler Play Academy. It is everything you need at your fingertips to support your toddler's development. Indoor and outdoor play ideas and a focus on play schemas, a huge focus on outdoor and risky play and masterclasses to support motor milestones such as jumping, a dedicated toddler talk section to build your child's communication skills and an emotions and behaviour section to support the tricky times. Also get us, paediatric physio, speech, OT and psychologists from Western Kids Health on tap to troubleshoot your questions and support your parenting journey. So what are you waiting for? Check the show notes for a discount code and come and join us today. I would like to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the traditional lands of the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation. I recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. I pay my respect to the elders, both past, present and future. 
Hey, Mom, it's time for Baby Vanta. Giovanna, a mother of a 17-month-old girl, wrote to me, How do you explain risky play to older generations, such as grandparents or other caregivers who think that it's dangerous and careless? For instance, my daughter was climbing on her pikeler, but my family thinks it's dangerous and silly. They throw away the classic comments like, She'll hurt herself, and you'll be sorry if you need to go to emergency. I also cringe when I'm told she can't play outside because it's too cold and she'll get sick. I realised it might be coming from a place of fear and years of conditioning, but I still struggle to say anything helpful back. Help! Giovanna, you are not alone in this question. And it is something that I get asked a lot is, how do we talk to parents and grand or older generations, so the child's grandparents or your parents or even your grandparents, about this or other caregivers? before we go into this question I wanted to highlight something something we all do that you mentioned in your question the threat of going to hospital if you do that you'll break an arm and we'll have to go to hospital I'm trying to sound like my mum here sorry mum I get it we emphasize the worst case scenario to get their attention and hopefully stop the risky behavior we all do it but for our little ones they may have never been to a hospital and <laughs> Like it's this place where you could go that's got to be bad. Hospitals are amazing places that help sick and injured people recover and get back to life. Yet by using it as a threat, we can unintentionally create that fear of the hospital itself, making our own lives harder if we ever have to take our kiddos. So please, can we stop using the hospital as a threat? Okay, back to the question of grandparents and other caregivers. The outside and cold part making you sick being outside and being in the cold makes you sick this is a huge myth that my legendary friend from sick happens penny blunden has addressed so many times people actually get more sick in winter because we are inside a lot with the heaters on which is germ heaven and linda mcgurk would say there's no such thing as bad weather only bad clothes if you have a chance read this book it will change your life Back to the grandparents and caregivers. Sorry, I keep getting off track. Okay, this is a tricky one. Firstly, take a deep breath with me. And remember that in early episodes when I spoke about risky play and how to support it, I asked you to ask yourself a few questions when you feel that risky play music. The first step is to tune into your shark music. When is it coming on and why? Does your child have the skills to do the task? Does your child have a calm body? What is the worst case scenario? What's the likelihood of this happening? The consequences. If they have the skills, if they're calm, and the worst case scenario is unlikely, keep in mind, as safe as necessary, not as safe as possible. You are the expert in your child. You have spent their entire life raising them, understanding their personality, their preference, and you know their skills. You know what effect their mood has on their skills. You are the expert in your child. And then think about how hard it is for you to sometimes take a step back so they can explore and try something new and risky. For grandparents and other caregivers, they may not know your child and their personality and their capabilities like you do. And they may have different experiences that heighten their own shark music. 
it is so much easier to support risky play for your own child, especially in the rapidly changing time of babyhood and toddlerhood. I find it so easy to support my own little ones, but harder to support other people's kids. Not the kids at work, but like in a general context. The kids at work are different because we do a full assessment and I'm analysing movement. But if I'm hanging out with a friend and I haven't seen her for a few months and she's got her little ones with her, I find it much harder to judge what their capabilities are because I don't know them and I know, don't know what their capabilities and their skills are. It's very different at work in my paediatric physio hat on when I'm there analysing and taking history and understanding that child and the context. Nobody wants a child to get hurt on their watch. And I remember coming home from work and seeing my son with this massive egg on his head and going into prosecutor mode to my poor hubby in the blame game. What thing going on? How did you do that? Why did you let him do this? But then finally coming down to reflect that my child is a crazy daredevil that is faster than a roadrunner and nothing could have prevented him getting that egg on his head. So often grandparents, the child's grandparents, your parents, will be more cautious, will be risk averse because they really don't want your little one getting hurt on their watch. Not for the worry that it will cause you, but often for the guilt that they'll pile on themselves. I remember when Mr W was like six or seven months and mum watched him for two hours and he got bitten, stung by a bee in the front garden and she was beside herself. I was like, it's fine. She was like, oh, I can't believe I let it happen. And things sometimes just do happen, but it's more about the guilt that they pile on themselves. So at this point, let's do a reframe. Remember that you're the expert in your child and nobody knows your child like you do. And risky play doesn't have to happen every moment of every day. It's just one of the many amazing types of play. It's good that it happens sometimes and it's good that your little one has exposure to it for all the benefits we've outlined in previous episodes, but it doesn't have to be 100% of the time. You are your little one's primary caregiver and they're number one. If you are helping them explore and get involved in risky play, then that is enough. Reframe your thinking too. The variety from other caregivers is fabulous. In saying that, it doesn't really answer your question of what can you say back when they are piling the guilt on you of, she'll hurt herself, this is silly. And judgment from others is actually a huge barrier to risky play for many parents. Why do you think I'm always hiking with the kids away from the playgrounds? It's really hard when you're standing there and you're really supporting your little one from a safe distance, as safe as necessary. You know their skills and they're trying something new, whether it be climbing or speeds or something. And you're getting like the side eye from another parent or well, she's going to fall and hurt herself. And you just feel that, that guilt coming on. So while she's climbing the pike club or doing an activity that others are commenting on, you could say something like, thank you for your concern. I hear you that you're worried she might fall. My daughter loves this activity and I'm here to make sure she's safe. Sometimes our family and friends just need to feel heard. Although it isn't very helpful when they're making themselves heard by many offhand targeted remarks to make you feel like a not good enough parent. If it feels like this is where you're at, I wouldn't recommend broaching it in the moment, especially if you're already dealing with your own sharp music. Sometimes when they're doing something 
and you're trying to support them and you're getting those comments, it all just feels really overwhelming and it can become heated and you can't get curious, which I'll explain in a moment. So if you don't feel like you can say anything at the time, just kind of let it slide. But when you do have space, make that space and you're calm and you've got a calm body, grab a cuppa and some quiet time and your parent or the grandparent or the other caregiver and really listen to their concerns. What is their concern? Why is this a concern? Remind yourself to stay curious. When we approach conversations with curiosity, it comes across without judgment, which opens the doors to having a really supportive, helpful conversation. So hopefully that space, calmness and curiosity will give you a tad more insight into why your parents or grandparents or other caregivers are so worried. It might be fear of injury. It might even be that they feel physically incapable of providing that support your little one needs. They might not be able to run to catch up on the bike or they might not be able to actually hold their weight if they fall. It could be anything. At this point, please try not to be dismissive. Even if you don't agree, it's really important to validate their concerns. You don't have to agree at all, but they're their concerns and they're valid in their mind. So you can kind of acknowledge it without agreeing with it. So I hear you. I understand that because of this experience or because of your knee injury or back injury, you're finding it really hard to support that. And from there, you can provide a couple of options moving forward. Might have to pour some more tea in the teapot by this stage. You could provide an alternate, i.e. instead of holding her hand on the log, can you stand next to her? Or... Can you head to our local park? She's really familiar with it. So you're providing something that you know is going to be okay and meets that solution. You could provide support. Model it. Ask them to step back and watch. Show them how capable your little one is and slowly extend them out of their comfort zone in risky play. You can pack extra clothes, towels, socks. If you know your little one's just going to seek out any form of water anywhere, anytime, or get muddy and your parents or grandparents are really adverse to that. You can even play this podcast in one of your car drives together. So you can provide an alternate, you can provide support, or you can reframe completely. I find this one is an option for many people, especially when grandparents are making kids more nervous by closing in on their space. So mum, when you hover so close, you make her nervous. This actually increases the risk of getting hurt because she isn't confident or focused. I get that letting her try things that are risky is nerve-wracking for you, but I'm working really hard on building her confidence in herself. She loves puzzles, playing doctors or feeding the ducks. Would these activities be something you'd like to do with her? So you reframe and completely shift away from that activity if you find that actually your grandparents or parents' actions are unintentionally making it more difficult for your child to get involved in risky play. Remember that heights and speed are only a couple of types. They can play hide and seek together. She can just sit out in the backyard while your little one goes exploring. You can do swings. There are so many other ways that you can get involved in risky play or you can reframe completely to just doing an activity that they both feel comfortable with that is helpful for everyone. 
So don't forget, hold space. Be calm, hold space. Get curious, validate their feelings and troubleshoot together or reframe. I know this isn't a script or a recipe. It is a framework and hopefully it helps you on your risky play journey. Thank you, Giovanna, for being brave and sending through such a wonderful question. If you have any questions or scenarios about risky play that you'd like to ask, you can email me, nicole at westernkidshealth.com or drop me a DM over on my Instagram, nicole underscore kidsphysio. If you want more support in risky play, ideas, or just generally chit-chat around that, keep your eyes peeled and make sure you're following me on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, I would so very much appreciate it if you could review and rate the podcast and share it with your family and friends. And as always, happy playing! I wanted to introduce you to my online subscription, the Toddler Play Academy. It is everything you need at your fingertips to support your toddler's development. Indoor and outdoor play ideas and a focus on play schemas, a huge focus on outdoor and risky play and masterclasses to support motor milestones such as jumping, a dedicated toddler talk section to build your child's communication skills and an emotions and behaviour section to support the tricky times. You also get us, paediatric physio, speech, OT and psychologists from Western Kids Health on tap to troubleshoot your questions and support your parenting journey. So what are you waiting for? check the show notes for a discount code and come and join us today. I would like to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the traditional lands of the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation. I recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. I pay my respect to the elders, both past, present and future. Do you know a new parent or have a family member with questions? I would love it if you could share this podcast with them. Don't forget to leave a rating and review, and I'll see you next time on Baby Banter. Hey, Mum, it's time for Baby Banter.